Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey, what's up, Bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app. It's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here another Tuesday. Super excited to bring you the bar podcast where we are biblical and reformed. And like I do every week, I like to thank the listeners for listening to the bar, sharing the content, just being awesome listeners every week, tuning in. Uh, and I just thank God that he's blessed us to bring you some awesome guests. And today is just like all those other days, uh, we bring you another awesome awesome guests and uh super excited grateful and honored that he would join us on the bar and we have on none other than mr conrad how are you sir i am well thank you and how are you oh i'm doing excellent excellent sir i, I really appreciate you being on that's right you guys we have the man the myth and the legend i know he's probably gonna say don't don't boast me like that but i, I definitely have uh admired and listened and uh actually read now uh I'll, I'll tell you about that later but uh this this uh awesome man of god and uh sir what i like the way i like to start the show is uh give you the floor to introduce yourself to my listeners those that may have lived under a rock or may have never really looked into anything uh, uh biblical sound anything coming out of africa for sure can you let them know who you are uh and 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 kind of a background of who you are whatever you want to share whether it's personal or professional i'm gonna give you the floor to have that right here thank you thank you well um as you heard my name is conrad mbewe pastor for kabwata baptist church in lusaka zambia um i have a wife by the name of Felistus, and uh god has given us uh, six children, three boys and three girls, uh, three of them through adoption. 
Uh, we're grateful to God for each one of them. Um, apart from that, um, some of you may know I do quite a bit of uh, conference speaking around the world. Um, I have a love for writing, and so I have a blog, and not as active now as it once used to be. And I also run a newspaper column back home in a national newspaper. And then I've also written a few books. I think that's just about what can be said in a nutshell. <laughs> um, I'm also uh, a chancellor for the Africa Christian University, which uh, we are running here in Zambia. It's a new university, very promising and we look forward to seeing how it will impact not only the nation of Zambia, but also the continent as a whole. Awesome. Awesome. Great job. Great job nutshelling that. That was pretty good. I think you hit all the high points. Um, I guess the first question that I want to ask, and I, I just kind of wondered this um, because I'm fairly new to Reformed Theology, been doing, you know, I guess kind of uh, – I guess, subscribe to the Doctrines of Grace for about maybe three or four years. Uh, and I, I wonder, what was there like a, uh, I guess you could say a defining moment for you? Have you always uh, been, I guess, reformed or, or sound biblical doctrine? Has it always been in uh, your household growing up or or did you discover it? What What was that like? What was that journey or how did that go? Well, what happened, uh, I... I grew up in a church-going family, uh, but only got converted to Christ in 1979. Um, that was after my high school days and before I went to university. Somewhere there, that's when the Lord met me. And uh, my elder sister, who had been converted a few months before my own conversion, had joined the local Baptist church. So invariably, I also joined her at that church and found the pastor there uh, going through the book of Romans. Uh, by the time I joined that church, he was in the fifth chapter. And then about three years later, we were in the eighth chapter. And if you can imagine <laughs> taking your time through mm -hmm. chapter five, chapter six, chapter 7 and chapter 8 of Romans, it's it's very, very difficult to come out an Armenian <laughs> on the other end. The very uh, true. So it, yes, so that was part of the, the process that moved me uh, into a, um, a reformed conviction um, through expository preaching. Mm -hmm. But the other was that as the pastor was going through the book of Romans, he was quoting a number of Reformed authors who've worked on the Book of Romans. John Murray, um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, Charles Hodge, and so on. And before long, we discovered that a number of these were related to the Banner of Truth uh, publishers. So we began to buy those books. And whenever we had a bit of extra pocket allowance, we'd buy some of the books and really read them, the way in which university students devour books. Mm. Uh, what we didn't realize was that we were 
uh, sinking even deeper into solid reformed convictions. So by the time um, I graduated from the university, which would have been five years uh, later, uh, my, my doctoral position had been settled uh, not only through God's word expositionally preached, but also through reading uh, historic, classic Christian literature. Mm. So that's what happened. Wow, that's that's interesting. That is that is really cool, man. Um, so what what was the thing um, that I guess uh, got the attention of the United States uh, from? Uh, I don't know exactly where you were born and raised, but and even where you went to college. What what got the attention in the United States? Because you you mentioned you speak at a lot of conferences. I met you at G three, heard you two years in a row, enjoyed them both uh, so much. So uh, you, you're uh, let's see a lot on YouTube. But what? Do you know if there was a moment or a person or what What was the thing that got you, uh, I guess, uh, connected with the United States and, and started having these uh, uh, speaking engagements and things? Yes. Um, looking back, I think it's two individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them would have been Tom Asko of the Founders Conference or the Founders Movement. And the other would have been Mark Deva. And basically what happened was that these two individuals came to preach in South Africa. And I was invited from Zambia to go down to South Africa to go and preach there as well. So we were preaching together at the same conference. And uh, I know that it was soon after that that I got an invitation to preach for the uh, annual Founders Conference. Mm. And at that time, both Tom and Mark were part of the leadership of that movement. So wow. I would credit my, my very first visit to their commendation to brethren there. However, somewhere in the midst of all this, uh, we also invited uh, Ted uh, Tripp um, and two other brethren around him who were also from the U.S. They came to speak at our conference here. And soon after they went back, I was invited to preach at uh, what is now called APCA, Association of uh, Reformed Baptist Churches in America. Mm-hmm. At that time, it used to be called the Arab BMS, which would have been Reformed Baptist Mission Services. So I preached for them at their annual conference there as well. And it seems to me that the people that attended these conferences would have then gone back to their own churches and mm-hmm. other conferences that they are involved in and recommended my name there. And that's how come... Um, further invitations have been coming since then. That would have been 1996, my first visit, 1998, my second visit. So it's been 20 years of uh, coming there now. That is so awesome. Yeah, we just had Mr. Tom uh, Askell on on the bar, and uh, Mark Dever uh, has been on the bar as well, probably one of the best episodes, but you, you're right there. You're next. You, you're getting close. 
<laughs> but, but, but I love yeah, both Yeah, Feel, feeling the warmth of their personalities. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. both of those guys are awesome. But that that is good, man. And and that's that's some of the stuff that I, I'm I'm excited that we're able to bring you on because a lot of people didn't know that nobody knew that connection, man. So uh, definitely excited about that. Um, so I received, I was blessed. Uh, by uh, my man uh, Chris from Iron Sharpens Iron with uh, two of your, I guess, recent books. Um, one of them, I think, is called The Foundation of the Flock. I can't remember the second one. It came a little later. I hadn't really started on that one. Are these two new releases? And then let's talk a little bit about those books as far as uh, what inspired it and, 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 and you know, what, what you were trying to accomplish with them. Yeah, let's begin with Foundations for the Flock. Uh, basically, what I've been doing in my own church, safely speaking, for about uh, 20, maybe 25 years or even more, mm-hmm. is that every year in November, I handle a doctrinal subject, something that's pertinent to where the church is at the moment. Now, in the earlier years, when the church was still being reformed in the most obvious areas, you know, trying to be biblical in church membership, biblical in church government, developing a biblical view of the Lord's Supper, baptism, uh, the role of women in the church, missions, uh, etc., etc. At that time, I did a lot of seminars, which I still do up to now, every year in November. But what happened was uh, around about 2006 or 2007, around about there, Paul Washer was visiting Zambia. And he saw uh, a lot of these little booklets, because what I do is when I've taught, I... um, edit the material into a little booklet that's just photocopied, A5, stapled, and sold for very cheaply. Mm. So what he did is he collected a number of these, probably by that time, maybe 15 of them, and went with them back to the U.S., gave them to a publisher, and said, you know, if you can make something out of this, by all means do. And uh, Dabra Kadabra, he wow. came, uh, the publisher put before me what had become a book. Mm. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe my own eyes. Uh, <laughs> but clearly, <laughs> someone felt that the material that I was teaching my own congregation here was worth being put on in the international market. So that's the background of that book. Mm. The second book. I would guess would be pastoral preaching. That would be my guess. That's it. That's it. Aha. Yeah, that came out about this time last year. So it's only been on the market one year, whereas uh, um, Foundations for the Flock has now been on the market for about 10 years. Ah. So, But getting on to uh, um, uh, pastoral preaching, what happened is that about, uh, maybe 2010, maybe 2011, a publisher approached me 
uh, to see if I could uh, write on um, pastoral preaching. And at that time, I just couldn't. I was busy with some uh, doctoral studies. So I gave excuse after excuse until about 2013 <laughs> when uh, I finally got my doctorate. And the publisher came knocking on the door again and said, hey, you know, that assignment. So I struggled for a whole year trying to work on it. I just couldn't. And then around about 2014 into 2015, I spent a whole year working on it, uh, drawing from my own experience. But the, the winning formula that I had was that I began to meet with pastors every Friday and I would present to them a chapter of the book. They would tear it apart, give me input, etc. Polish it up, work on another chapter. And so by the end of the year, I was ready to submit. Mm. And um, yeah, so early last year, the book came out and it's the very first book that I've worked on as a book. You know, where you sit down and you're writing right. instead of preparing something for a congregation. Wow. Yeah, that's that's cool. I Like I said, I started the foundation of the flock. I uh, hadn't started the other one, um, but definitely, that's, that's definitely good to get a backstory on both of those. So awesome. So um, <clears throat> let's talk about the, uh, the university, um, kind of your role uh, and um, just what you see with that um, as far as the university goes, and I guess what what I guess here's a better question. Let's talk about the university, your role, and then what changes have you seen from the university being in the area? How has it impacted? All right, uh, thank you very much. Um, you, you have to to time me on that one because that's no worries. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, in the year 2008, um, I sat down with two friends, uh, Ronald Kalifungwa, who's my fellow pastor here, and uh, Ken Turnbull, who was a missionary from the U.S. to Mozambique, and now was really thinking hard about getting university off the ground. And we discovered that we, we more or less had the same vision to get something like that in Zambia, that would be um, based on a firm biblical basis of knowledge um, so that the entire world view uh, of the various disciplines would be from a biblical perspective. So he went back and uh, after a year, Ken came into the country and from about the year 2009, until about the year 2014, uh, probably 14, we had worked out everything and we're just waiting for the government to give us permission. They took another three years before they, they granted that, not because we, we were uh, unprepared, but because they were unprepared to give licenses to private universities. Mm. They had just come up with um, a, a legal framework for it but they didn't have the money to implement it. So anyway, to cut the long story short, <laughs> 2015, they finally granted the first few univers private universities licenses, and we were among the 10. 
two weeks later, we opened the doors and uh, we've had students since then. Currently, our student enrollment would be about 50 altogether. Um, um, we um, um, have this, can I put it? We've done our, our, our first year is independent. Mm. We, it's called the Scholars Program. Um, and in it, we prepare students for university, but we also broaden their minds to appreciate the scriptures and also help them to develop a biblical work ethic. Um, to answer your question in terms of, um, um, oh yes, the disciplines we currently have um, are theology, uh, education, business, and agriculture. Mm. Those are the ones that we currently have lecturers for. We continue to develop more and more faculty because we anticipate that we need to open more and more disciplines as the university grows. Uh, our brother, Vodi Bokam, who should be known to quite a number of you, <laughs> uh, is, is the dean of the theological faculty and we also in due season hope to open the seminary as part of the university and he will be the director of the seminary. Uh, so we, we really appreciate the fact that Vodi has left uh, the bright lights of <laughs> America to come and be part and parcel of what God is doing here in Zambia. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, wow. In terms of impact of the university, we are yet to produce our first graduates um, in terms of um, bachelor's degree, but the parents of our students are already our number one fans because soon after their children have been with us for just half a year, the parents are the ones asking us what on earth has happened to their children mm. because they are now responsible, they are hardworking, they are thoughtful, they are trustworthy. Uh, the parents can't believe it. But that's exactly what we have been wanting to develop through this university. Not simply giving head knowledge, but ensuring that the entire uh, biblical framework of knowledge and discipleship is uh, embedded into the lives of our students through life-on-life -life relationships. And that's one reason why we haven't opened the doors wide to bring in every Tom, Dick, and Harry. It's because <laughs> we would like to ensure that the ratio between the lecturers and our students is manageable. Uh, so that the, the lecturers are able to pour into the lives of these young ones uh, that which would turn them into salt and light in this world. So I could go on. We, we, we <laughs> have um, a student work program that no other university on the continent that I know of has. And it's one where our students come in and they begin to participate in the running of the university. Everything to do with it. Mm. Landscaping, maintenance, uh, preparation of meals and 
uh, cleaning up afterwards and uh, maintenance of the library and we could go on and on and on. The thing is we want by the time our students are graduating, they have already been working. They are already cooked, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I could go on as you can see. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good deal. No, that's that is awesome. Good stuff. Um, I'm a, we're gonna take a quick break right here and we'll be right back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and or good night, and welcome to Courageous Theology. My name is Drew Temple, and I am your ruggedly bearded host, taking you on a journey of mind-bending, fun-filled, theology-laden listening while you relax, commute, or work around the house. Tune in for a new podcast episode dropping each Wednesday morning on iTunes, Stitcher, and CastBox. Then watch out for fresh blog posts to enjoy each Friday. You also want to be sure to head over to our website, CourageousTheology.com, to sign up for our email list. You can also connect with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at Courageous Theology. Until next time, fight for the faith and strive to be courageous in all things. All right, we're back in here uh, with, uh, I'm going to quote this. I saw it on the internet, the African Spurgeon. <laughs> I'm blushing. You... <laughs> I'm, I'm blushing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that somewhere. It was like uh, a picture of you, and it said, "This is—is is this the African Spurgeon?" Uh, I I know that's a uh, uh, big shoes to fill, man. But um, very yeah. big shoes. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. But but you know, we we do we we appreciate <clears throat> uh, the work you're doing. Um, the university sounds amazing. Um, you know, I always remember. Uh, hearing uh, Dr. Vody Bakum saying that, you know, when he visited, he said, told his wife, that's where he wanted to be buried and, and how beautiful it was and, and everything. So uh, I usually jump right into my bar signature questions, but I have to ask this question because you mentioned about uh, 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 Vody, um and, and, you know, uh, we, we love Vody here uh, at the bar and, and we'd love to have him on the show one day if you could help, help us out there. But anyway, um, the question, <laughs> the question is, uh, as, as far as, you know, when you were setting up the university, uh, well, that side of it, where the, the aspect that he took over, was that something that maybe you guys presented to him or was that something that he kind of, uh, I guess, was inquiring about like how did that connection even happen? Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, it was Paul Washer who recommended Vody to us, and mm-hmm. because we knew Paul, we loved him, we didn't hesitate. We invited uh, Vody, and he came over the first year. When he was going back, I remember Vody looking at a house that was on sale in one of the streets in Osaka. And he said, Conrad, I want to buy that house. Of course, we thought he was joking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went back to the U.S. And um, when he went, he said, I'll be coming every year. And we remember saying to him, uh, let's, let's agree that every second year when you come, you will be a main speaker at our conference. Then the years in between, will obviously give you something to preach because uh, people would chase us out of town 
<laughs> if they saw you sitting in the pews while we are preaching, you see. So I think he thought to come that following year, there may have been something at his church happening. When he came uh, two years later, we utilized him in a maximum um, way, and he came with his wife. So uh, it was good to see her. Um, her name is Bridget. And when they went back, uh, Vodi was whispering to me saying, I, I hope she has thought something of what I've seen. Um, well, it didn't quite happen that way. So I think they skipped an extra year in between. And then uh, two years later, Vodi tells me, I'm not only coming with my wife, but I'm also coming with the children. Mm. So they came um, with almost the entire family. And when they did, uh, before they even went back, Vodi said to me, my wife has said, let's move to mm. Zambia. <laughs> now, it was the first time that it really dawned on me that Vodi had been serious all along right. about moving to Zambia. So anyway, they went back. And um, when they were back in the U.S., we were excited here. He was excited there. And then suddenly we looked at each other across the Atlantic and said, so what will Vodi be doing when he comes here? <laughs> so we then quickly had to think of um, what he would do. But amazingly, at exactly that same time, the director of the dean of our theological uh, faculty resigned wow and had to go back to america so the two were completely unrelated there was vodi now raising the question what will come to do and we're also thinking yes what will vodi come to do and then bang uh, at the scu this opens up and when we put it to him it was exactly uh, <laughs> what he would have wanted to do so the lord had gone ahead of us oh yeah and so we we were able to offer him the position, and he's been laboring in that position now for for almost three years. Wow, that is awesome. That's an awesome story. Wow, good stuff. That that definitely was uh, God's providence to set it up like that. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. So I'm gonna give you uh, as we get ready to end this call the signature bar questions uh these are questions i ask all of my guests uh real different probably never been asked these questions before and i'm definitely interested to see your answer first signature bar question is what kind of music do you listen to yeah that's a good question um <laughs> i think it would it would be more the sort of um uh keith gettys to what town end kind of uh more modern hymns, mm -hmm. I think that would be uh, top of the charts for me. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's that's uh, that's the highest level. I got that's you. What I have in my car, that's what I tend to listen to the most. Nice, good deal. All right, next signature bar question is: What book or books are you currently reading? Good question. Um, one of them that I've just uh, finished um, is um, on the Psalms. I'm trying to um, 
put together the title it's something about uh enjoying the sounds um okay um yeah the title uh since i'm i've got my this on my phone i might as well just walk up to it as i talk uh, <laughs> it's on my table right now um but it's it's you know we rarely sing uh sounds in our context mm-hmm. Uh, and so what this book has done for me has been to get me to think afresh about making sure uh, that it is learning to love the sounds uh, gotcha. by Robert Godfrey. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, the one that uh, I've really enjoyed uh, in the recent few days. Um, there's a book I began reading. It grew legs. Uh, it's called, it's a biography of uh, Robert Reid uh, Kelly, um, the the one who pioneered Protestant Protestantism in Brazil. Uh, it's entitled uh, The Wolf of Scotland. Um, oh. So that's, that's the second one. Yeah, great, great read. If you ever come across it, um, you'll be amazed at what God did to bring about uh, Protestantism in that Portuguese country of Brazil. All right, sir. So the last signature bar question is, what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, (laughs) Well, first of all, podcast zero. I think uh, it's just not part of my system yet. But in terms of mm-hmm. downloading sermons, yes. Um, um, and I think the, the the number one preacher there would be Albert Martin, is now mm-hmm. retired from um, the pulpit of New Jersey Trinity uh, Baptist Church. I think he, he ranks uh, right on top. Uh, John MacArthur, um, mm-hmm. uh, John Piper as well has been great in just uh, sort of driving me to the edge of my seat um, as he's wrapping his his brains around great truths. Um, John MacArthur, it's really just the getting deep into the word, which I also appreciate there. Uh, Al Martin, it's been the um, the fire in the bones. As far as preaching mm. is concerned, so those those would be standing out from the American side. In Africa, I would uh, mention Martin Holt, who has since gone to glory, uh, but he definitely uh, had the gift, the passion, and the doctrinal clarity that I appreciated. So those are a few names that I'd mention. Okay. Nice, good stuff. All right, sir. Well. I want to thank you again for uh, coming on the show and recording with me. Definitely been a honor and a privilege to have you. Um, I like to give my, my guests the floor at the end to encourage or announce uh, this show will be airing in, in July sometime. Uh, if Just keep that in mind if you have any announcements, but encourage or any words of encouragement for my listeners before we close. And once you get done with that, we'll be out of here. All right, maybe just in uh, a sentence or two, and it is uh, to encourage all who are listening in to 
um, make the Lord Jesus Christ their all in all. Uh, the amazing truth about the Christian faith is that um, Jesus is an inexhaustible fountain. He is one that is meant to satisfy us in this life and then also in the life to come. And so my plea would be, fill your mind and heart with the truths of Scripture. But as you do so, remember that Scripture is about Christ. And ensure that even as you study and, and have your full meal upon the Scriptures, that you are seeking Christ. Seeking Christ at every time and on every page. That's what I'd like to say as I end. Amen, sir. Definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Awesome stuff. Again, we appreciate you and your time. Um, make sure you guys check out The Bar every Tuesday. Your favorite podcast, thebarpodcast.com. And uh, until next time, y'all, we're out of here. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there